Hello and welcome to Citizens Climate University. It's a weekly webinar program of the Citizens Climate Lobbies that provides CCL supporters like you and I with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. And I'm your host, Brett Cease. Tonight's topic, we're going to explore how to tour your state or region. Have you ever wanted to find out what other CCL volunteers have done to build new chapters and tour their state or region? If you're interested in helping expand CCL's presence into new areas in every congressional district, then this training is for you. And if we've done our job well, the three learning goals you'll be walking away with tonight are to understand the purpose and primary goals of a tour overall, learn what's worked for other regions and identify the tools and support resources that are available for you, and then really to start brainstorming to determine whether and what type of tour makes sense for you and your state or region. To take us through tonight's agenda, I'll be leading us through the initial discussion of why and how to conduct a tour, but then we're gonna have stories from the road. We're gonna hear from four, actually five, of our wonderful CCL regional and state coordinators and the stories that they've had in this last year um, since COVID of returning to the road and jumping into getting to know CCLers throughout their state or region. We'll hear from Bill Barron, CCL's Mountain West Regional Coordinator, his reflections, Mindy Aller, CCL's North Wind Regional Coordinator, John Clark, CCL Appalachia Regional Coordinator, and Don Kraus, CCL Tennessee State Coordinator, and Susan Adams, CCL Third Coast Regional Coordinator. So first and foremost, jumping right in, why and how to conduct a tour. Well, we put together a helpful seven-step roadmap for this first part of the training to really walk through the seven basic steps and the order in which we've found for a lot of the tours CCL leaders have done to be very effective. Starting with an overview just to get started, and then the goal of finding volunteers, scheduling events, creating a budget, setting up your promotional plan, getting out there, and then following up. The core question that I'd also like to ask us tonight, and you know, feel free to put this in the chat, any of your thoughts, why conduct a tour in the first place? One way of understanding why to conduct a tour is to ground ourselves and realize that if we wanna pass strong, durable climate legislation, we need to have some presence in every congressional district and a strong presence in strategically critical districts. So you could conduct a tour for any variety of reasons from meeting with your member of Congress's offices locally, to the endorsers, to doing group start workshops and launching new chapters, to generating more press coverage and demonstration of local concern for climate change. You could even host a conference or just make sure to invest in those areas throughout your state or region that you'd like to grow and make sure that there's sustained local engagement. In. And the beautiful thing that we also want to highlight tonight is that there is no one size fits all for a tour. A tour might look like this slide right here, where basically in 2015, um, Peter Brin, then regional coordinator for Texas, along with myself, Ricky Bradley, and many other CCL volunteers, toured the entire state. They lassoed the state of Texas for 28 days, visiting 25 cities and basically traveling over 3,500 miles. So know that um, it's wonderful if you would like to provide a scope of that ambition, 
but we'll also hear from regional coordinators who have done tours that are much more scalable and small is equally beautiful. The very first step to think through is in getting started that tours can start from any variety of approaches. It could be one person's big, bold idea or 10 people brainstorming at your next regional conference. What we found works well is for the tour to have basically a captain and then supporting them, a planning committee of two to four additional people. And we also want to encourage the importance of involving your regional coordinator in that discussion early. They're gonna help know in the region where it's most strategic to grow and will also help you find uh, potential new group leaders and volunteers to grow um, and engage along the way. You could think about in terms of deciding where to go, is it needs-based? Do you want to think about you know, where you have no chapters or maybe there's a chapter that needs a little reinforcement and support? You also could think about being strategic, touring places that have high population centers or where your member of Congress has an office location. Um, so you could be opportunistic and already tour where we have volunteers or again, go entirely in a new direction. The key thing is that you can use that then to set the itinerary for your tour's vision. Now, in getting started too, you'll also wanna know that there's a whole variety of tour activities that you can do from during the day-to-day -day times, giving public presentations, helping meet with potential group leaders and volunteers locally that you'd like to support and encourage to you know, continue to engage with CCL. You can set up media interest events. You could set up even lobby meetings or endorser meetings with local community leaders. You could have a chance in these tours to empower and train local volunteers, to educate local leaders, uh, to again, start that new relationship uh, for a new chapter and maybe even do a group start regional conference. With all of these considerations, it's really helpful to ahead of time, think about what your overreaching goals are for the tour, really focus in on a couple of these rather than feeling like you have to do all of them to be effective. And then use that approach to give your tour a name and then have that, you know, start firming up your itinerary, which we'll get into next. And to kind of start us off here tonight, let's hear from our first speaker that Mark Reynolds, our former executive director and board member is actually going to introduce to talk about Utah's energy future tour from this summer. I'll let Mark take it from here. One of the things I wanna mention is we're starting to do outreach events again. And uh, Bill Barron, our regional coordinator from the Mountain West just finished the Utah energy future tour that happened from September 6th till the 17th. It was a 750 mile, 11 day, 12 stop event on a bicycle. <laughs> so during that time, Bill had 12 public events, two, two Rotary Club meetings, one meeting with an editorial, the editor of a paper, four county commissioners, one mayor. I asked Bill about planning the tour ahead of time. And he said, one of the things you have to do to be effective with these tours is, you have to have a high tolerance for no. So for all of you who've, who've done these kind of tours and you had so many people who didn't ask you to come, but actually said, no, thank you for continuing to stick yourself out there, even in the face of people uh, saying no. Hi, my name is Bill Barron. I'm the regional coordinator for the Mountain West. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm also a co-lead on the Outdoor Industry Action Team. 
and a part of the steering committee for the Salt Lake City chapter. And um, for me, the main highlight or the biggest highlight I'd say is the engagement with people along the tour. Um, that really includes the people that I worked with in partnership in setting up events along the way. Uh, it was also getting to um, work with people who um, you know, were in these specific towns who are not involved with Citizens Climate Lobby, but wanted to help out and um, just, you know, connecting with these people, building relationships like we do in CCL. Climate work is hard. Is there ways that we can make the work, um, you know, speak our language or communicate in the way that we uh, we live? And, and that I think this this type of tour did that for me. Um, as far as what are the main benefits and positive impacts from the tour, um, to me, you know, we're still in this place where it's really important to be just having conversations around climate, having, you know, events happening, talking about climate. And so um, a big benefit is just bringing that focus on, on climate to each stop along the way. You know, this tour was uh, over 11 days, 11 stops. Um, and at each stop, we worked on having public events, opportunities to engage, um, bringing in community leaders, um, and so forth. So it was, uh, you know, bringing the attention to climate is, is key. It's, it's needed, uh, especially in, I think, for, for Utah in the rural parts of the state. Um, another benefit, huge benefit to me was, you know, working on getting these uh, community leaders to participate in panel discussions. We had mayors, council, city council members, we had um, county commissioners, water commissioners, and all these people we invite to this uh, very respectful nonpartisan event. Um, and what they get to see in that experience is that they are, you know, they're uh, appreciated and they are, we want to get their input and it creates a great opportunity for a good discussion. And so um, these relationships are just beginning in, in some cases with these community leaders uh, and it just creates an opportunity for further engagement. Um, so, you know, these people are more likely to say yes to another panel discussion or they might be willing to say yes to uh, joining us in a lobby meeting or uh, any of the other ways of engagement that we work on. All right. Well, that was a wonderful story, Bill. Thank you so much for sharing. And let's keep going. So step number two, finding volunteers. Well, for us, there's really a couple of approaches. You could phone a friend or you could find a friend. So for a lot of our regions, some folks have already expressed interest in CCL wherever you might be interested in setting up touring. And so working with your regional coordinator to identify those individuals in the region that you'd like to tour and reaching out to set up a call with you or your host committee to engage any of these prospective new volunteers and find out if they'd like to help be a host or an ambassador for your local tour stop and give you ideas is a wonderful place to start. Now you can also find a friend and think about places in these communities that you'd like to tour that might already have a sympathetic audience to reach out to and engage to see if they'd like to be part of your climate tour. 
from churches to colleges to outdoors people, environmental or conservation clubs, civic associations like Rotary or Lions. You can look at Facebook or other online groups that are focused on conservation or the environment. Um, you could also search the local newspaper for articles about climate change or letters to the editor. You could even just Google the town name that you're looking for and then type in keywords like climate change to see what comes up, like Phoenix climate change. The key thing here is that you want to start finding volunteers early. These local host committees are going to make a world of difference because they're going to help know what's best for the area. They're going to help you fill seats and generate local enthusiasm. And then if they're nurtured, they may also be interested after the event in becoming a future chapter, maybe even a potential group leader. So you don't wanna have a scenario where you schedule an event in the library, in the community you're going to and advertise you know, one time in the local newspaper because nobody is gonna show up. And then we miss that opportunity to nurture a local host in the process. So to hear a little bit more about how another region has handled this, I'm gonna pass the reins to John Clark and Don Krause to talk next about their tour, the Tennessee Earth Tour 2022, in solving the climate challenge. So at this point, John, take it from here. Hi, uh, I'm John Clark. I'm Appalachia Regional Coordinator um, based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And hi, I'm Don Krause. I'm one of the Tennessee Co-State Coordinators. And John and I took a wonderful trip across Tennessee together in his Tesla Model 3 for Earth Day this past year. We did the Tennessee Earth Tour. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Don, what, what do you think your, your top two or three highlights were from that trip? So it was meeting a lot of new people that we hadn't had a chance to talk to and kind of bringing them into the CCL universe. And some was, for many of us, it was the first time since COVID that we actually got together live um, and just being able to be together and to re-energize with some of our chapters in Tennessee. And then, and then also meeting some people that I worked with for a few years and never met in person. Um, and just so between... All of, you know, we did, what was it, 15 events in eight days, so it's hard to peg what was the highlight of it, it, it but I think just the energy of just moving and bringing that, our message across the state and energizing people and bringing more people in. How about for you? Yeah, I second that totally. We spent so much time over the last couple of years, you know, with the pandemic, just meeting on Zoom and uh, getting to meet uh, our volunteers in Tennessee and Kentucky. I, I went on to do a, a week in Kentucky um, after we, we did Tennessee, but <clears throat> excuse me, getting to, to meet our volunteers in person was so cool after just seeing them uh, you know, on Zoom for two years. And it's not spending time, uh, I mean, even staying at some of our volunteers' uh, places, they were just so generous with, uh, you know, allowing both you and I to to come in and spend time in their homes was really cool. That was great. And yeah. some of the homes were beautiful. You know, one was on a lake and uh, one was uh, up a mountainside uh, with a, a flowing creek and waterfalls and hydroelectric power on their property. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really, um, pushing outside my comfort zone too was um, was kind of a cool 
uh, after afterwards was really it felt really good you know I did some some things that I never <laughs> saw myself doing like a tv interview in Kentucky you know I was I was totally um, um, just terrified of doing a tv interview and you know getting outside my comfort zone and afterwards and and just like wow that was that was really awesome so john i mean there was a big difference between like some of the things you were doing in tennessee and some of the things you were doing in kentucky so well, let's why don't we talk a little bit about that too yeah so uh yeah i saw uh, tennessee being more grassroots kind of a tour um and the second week in Kentucky, it seemed more like grass tops kind of uh, events that we held. Um, and it was straight, like you said, 15, 15 events in seven or eight days, um, you know, grassroots doing tabling events. And uh, we did an art show and and um, just meeting one on one with volunteers um, was was a lot of grassroots. And then in Kentucky, it was it was kind of radio interviews or tv interviews um meeting with uh influential people um you know in their home districts it was it was really neat mayors and um um you know in, influential people in, in their districts excellent that was those are some great stories i know also in that interview john shared when i asked would you do it again he said yes in a heartbeat so Definitely something that once you get hooked, uh, it's kind of hard to, to stop, uh, to hang up the cleats. You want to go back out there again in the field right away. So a couple of things that you probably heard from um, John and Don um, really revolve also not only around finding events or uh, finding volunteers, but scheduling events. All right, so where to start in scheduling the events? Well, first you want to think about prioritizing public presentations. Those are the greatest lead time to identify your venue, your host, and the promotion to help get the word out, right? And from there, you also want to think about something, you know, if you're going to be in a community, after that, you can set up more timely endorser meetings, local community leaders, um, and scheduling out people that might want to meet with you because they're relatively a lot simpler to schedule a shorter meeting with a lot less people involved. You also want to think about the resources for the folks you're contacting to let them know a little bit more about you. If you have a flyer for CCL, or especially if you have one that's devoted exclusively to your own tour, uh, we have some wonderful examples that I'll make sure to put in the liner notes for tonight's uh, description to walk you through some example web pages or other um, templates that you can use to really think through designing your own flyers to help make a big, uh, big name of your tour. You also want to think about providing a bio for the speakers or the actual and tour organizers and the leaders, the captain. And you could also send, send them a sample presentation, a little bit more of a preview into what to expect with uh, your tour, um, your tour visit, what you're asking for, what your main goals are, and how they are going to be effective in engaging that. So uh, with all that said, the next step then, once you've figured out your events, is to create a budget, right? So with the budget, there's a wide variety of options out there. And that's why this slide does a good job of saying, you know, this could be something that you're doing on a shoestring. 
do it on the cheap, or you can also get kind of creative and find out ways that you can do estimates that are a little bit more than that. Every tour is unique. The, the three key things that you want to think through estimation-wise are lodging, meals, and transportation. You also can add promotional materials, obviously, uh, to generate what you're wanting to hand out or have available at the events, and then a contingency plan, just in case you, know, you have a blown tire or unexpected cost for a venue. If you're doing it on the cheap, you can make sure to you know, budget hotels, uh, find budget hotels, or um, also stay with local hosts. Obviously, it not only saves costs, but it builds those relationships. And you could also consider you know, joining forces with different volunteers or other CCL leaders for different parts of the tour. Um, and again, what we found is that on average, the range for cost to expect per day of your tour is somewhere between $150 to $300 on average. And we also want to name that while there's no guarantees for CCL support um, and getting any funding uh, from, from your region, it never hurts to ask your regional coordinator about what might be available or any other creative solutions that they have. All right, so now let's talk about promotion. So obviously, you want to create some place where people that hear about the tour can go to find out more and then follow up to take action and get involved with CCL. Some of our tours have found success in creating a public tour webpage off of a Google site or some other free web hosting business. Uh, examples of that, you can look at our Southern tour, CCL's Alaska Big Dividend tour. Um, and if you don't go that route, you can also make sure just to create Facebook event pages for each of the tour stops along the way. You could create Eventbrite pages to specifically create registration to generate interest and have people find um, you organically. Um, you can easily create events on CCL community to help advertise or get creative and also use promotional material for even a media advisory to try to get published in the local newspaper. Uh, for any of these, you wanna think about what you're gonna say on your promotional material about the tour and about CCL in general. You wanna think about providing a little bit more information about the bio. You can see here on this slide, a little bit more of the background that we provided for our Southern Energy Freedom Tour and the way that we helped to make that come alive. You wanna think about the media advisory that you'll put out and include CCL branding materials. And we found also even providing a tour map, especially if it's gonna be more than a two or three stop overall tour, just to give people a little bit of excitement and that connectedness to the larger effort. You also can provide a brief summary for people to put in newsletters. Um, for example, the week ahead of time in local church bulletins or other community announcement boards. And you can even frame up a public service announcement to send out on the airwaves. Let us then talk about getting out there. And before we do, let's actually hear from Mindy Aller and the work that she did with her team in North Dakota. I am Mindy Aller. I am the North Wind Regional Coordinator, uh, which includes the great state of North Dakota. So we did, um, primarily it was an event and conference, the one-day conference that we did in Newtown, North Dakota, uh, which is way on the western edge of North Dakota. Therefore, uh, it was a tour in and of itself just getting there and back. Um, so uh, along with the two North Dakota state coordinators, Brad and Linda Kingery. Um, uh, the highlight was uh, North Dakota Energy and Agriculture uh, Conference 
in Newtown, which is on uh, the MHA Nation Reservation. Uh, and we held it at their interpretive center that has um, geothermal heating and solar electric and is nearly a net zero building. Um, so the highlights were, for one, this was the first time that many of the North Dakota volunteers were able to meet each other in person because the North Dakota chapter meets virtually and is made up of people in uh, various parts of the state. So geographically, they live very far away from each other. So uh, one highlight was simply the opportunity for, for our CCL volunteers to really get energized by meeting each other in person. And it's really shown um, in their chapter activities since then um, what a difference it makes when you really get a chance to spend a little more time sharing meals and bonding with each other. Also along the way then we met with just a few volunteers in a couple other towns in Bismarck and um, in uh, Valley City. Um, I think one of the big things is to not underestimate how important just one person can be, especially in a state where you have a low population like North Dakota has. So meeting with one or two people is really important um, to building uh, to building the movement, and it doesn't take a lot of people to have an influence on members of Congress. Um, so having a couple people from one part of the state and another part of the state is really what has the most impact. The biggest challenge in North Dakota is the the size of the state and the rural nature of the entire state. So there aren't a lot of people concentrated in any particular area other than uh, Bismarck or Fargo. Um, and Fargo is the most progressive area of the state, even though, and it has the largest population. So if you really want to have an impact on the members of Congress, you have to have people from outside of the Fargo area, especially if you're talking about an issue like climate, um, that has traditionally been seen as a more progressive issue um, because they sometimes think of Fargo as not necessarily representative of their entire population or their entire constituency. If you're looking to do something like this in your state, um, I, I say nothing is too small. I think that's the biggest thing. Nothing is too small that just getting out and meeting with people, especially being able to meet people in person and have a meal and let the conversation wander, not just to have a formal event. Formal events can be great too, uh, which we did with our conference, um, but it's also really good just to have individual conversations or just um, two or three people can make a big difference. Well, that was perfect, Mindy. Thank you. So step six, getting out there. Let's think about pace, your calendar, your presentation, and your message. On pace, if you average one city a day, you're going to save money because then you're not having to lay over for more than one day, but it's also a rigorous schedule. So some things to help out with that is you can cycle volunteers into and out of the tour to add energy or to kind of provide additional support and not have them have to commit to the overall tour if it's a longer one. You can add occasional breaks in the schedule to give you times to rest or really explore some of the sites you might be traveling through. Um, and you can also average less time than that. You can, or you can also average um, more time per city. Um, you know, that might lead to a little bit more of a budget, but it also gives you a chance to relax and recharge. On the calendar side of things, you wanna make sure that your calendar is well mapped out again, 
on your um, promotional material and the events that you've created or the web page you've set up. And then you also want to make sure that you have actually sent out individual calendar events for each of your legs of the tour along the way so that hosts or individuals that you're counting on have it scheduled in their digital calendar too and don't forget or don't have anything else that they don't see double booked. We also want you to have a little bit of time every day, again, when you're out there, especially based on the pacing, to just build in time to catch up on any email communication, just in case the next day's events need to be rescheduled or have canceled or want to have a last minute question, um, making sure that you've either got a support person that's checking your email for you or that you are intentionally building a bit of time and not overbooking yourself so that you can be available for the daily updates and any communication thinking ahead of that next visit or two. So those are some of the key considerations on getting out there. And the, you know, the other thing is just to have fun, right? This is an important, important opportunity for you to connect authentically with other climate advocates like Bill said so well. And so your presentation should reflect that too, right? Think about who you are as the messenger, bring that energy, that optimism that CCL has, setting that positive tone, grounded in climate solutions individuals can get engaged with, and really think about ways that you can embody the region and have locally relevant commentary with your presentation as well. We have plenty of opportunities for resources. If you'd like to use CCL's standard intro presentation or many of our other custom decks that are available on CCL community, and you can also customize it for your region and even schedule that social event right after or before the presentation so that people know after the actual discussion, there's gonna be a chance to meet at the local pub or a local coffee shop. So you have that informal chance to gather and get to know each other too. All right, so lastly, let's hear from Susan Adams about the Mississippi tour in 2022. Hi there, I'm Susan Adams. I'm the regional coordinator in our third coast region. So my region includes Texas, Louisiana and Mississippi. Um, I've been with CCL since 2012 when I started volunteering in Austin, Texas, where I live. And uh, so I had the great pleasure of going to Mississippi for one of our tours. It was my first tour ever um, in April, I guess it was. So one of my highlights was stopping at uh, Mississippi State University and tabling there. I got to meet a whole bunch of students that were really interested in climate change. And I don't know about you, but I had some preconceptions before I went into Mississippi that talking to people about climate there would be very challenging, that no one would know what was going on. And that was not the case at all at Mississippi State. I had this pile of students come up to me and talk to me and they were all so excited to get involved. Um, I got to meet some um, rangers, forest rangers that were in a band who were also very excited, interested in climate change. So that was really cool. I had an opportunity when I was in Mississippi to do a presentation at a high school, and that was also very intimidating. I was a little disappointed because our turnout was not like a full room of 100 students or anything, but I did have about 25 engaged students and, um, you know, really great questions about what they can be doing and actually drilling down on carbon pricing. So again, uh, my expectations for what to expect in Mississippi went out the window. My third and Best highlight, I think, was meeting with a city planner in the Gulf Coast. He was in the town that was directly hit by Hurricane Katrina. He started off the conversation saying like, you know, you know, the sea level rise has been a huge problem. We can't seem to, you know, deal with the 
sunny day flooding, but we don't, I don't want to hear about anything climatey. Like, I don't want to get into the politics. So we just um, kind of kept our cool. And then by the end of the meeting, we had established that we were friends enough that he was like, you know, maybe I will meet with that person from um, NOAA that you wanted me to see and talk about why we're seeing the sea level rise here in Mississippi. So that was super exciting. So I think the primary benefit of doing this tour for Mississippi was that my volunteers in Mississippi just felt like I cared about them. They felt like they counted enough for somebody from CCL to come to town. I don't think of myself as being a big deal, but apparently if you work for CCL or if you people are familiar with you, you're sort of a rock star. So my coming to town made them feel like, oh my gosh, CCL thinks we count. And so I think just having lunch and dinner with my volunteers in places like Hattiesburg and Jackson was probably the most important piece of this. Um, I did go in there with high hopes about starting new chapters and getting a lot more activity. And I've had a little bit of trouble with that. I think um, one thing I would advise people if you're gonna do a tour in your state is to have a really good plan for your follow-ups and have those follow-ups happen instantly upon your returning home. And I know that Ellie Sparks is anxious to help with that. So for example, if you're tabling and you have a list of people, follow up with them the day after you get home because um, those leads become uh, cold quickly. So you wanna follow up quickly. All right, thank you so much, Susan. So step number seven, following up. This, as Susan said, is probably the most important step after getting out there and having the tour itself. And with follow-up, the important thing is that it's timely. The sooner that you can make sure to initiate that contact afterwards to keep uh, your volunteers that you've met or the local endorsers that you, the community leaders that you've had a chance to meet with um, engaged and responding, the more likely you are to extend that into a long-term productive relationship. So, one consideration is who's going to do the follow-up? Well, on one level, this is another role for somebody that's supporting the tour to take on because your road team is probably going to be too busy already driving to the next location the next day to do the follow-up on the timely basis. So we recommend identifying a follow-up lead or somebody that's not on the actual tour as a team member to take that lead. For cities with an active or potential group leader, you can empower the group leader to do that follow. So they get the practice, they get that support, they can help authentically be the voice to connect people with who's obviously gonna be with them moving forward as their local lead. For cities without a group leader, you can have a follow-up team that's back home wherever you're touring to, to basically do the follow-up and email or phone call to make sure people feel that warm touch right afterwards. The other key thing is you wanna celebrate your success, right? You don't want to go all out and have an amazing tour only to have it afterwards kind of recede into the distance without other people being able to know about it, be inspired, and celebrate. And so after your events, this is another wonderful opportunity for you to get out there on the media side of things. During your event, this is another thing that we should have said actually on getting out there, having somebody as a designated support person for your social media is absolutely key too, right? How can you have somebody on the ground covering your day-to-day -day, um, experience and making sure that you're able to highlight you know, a lot of the stories and the people you're meeting on your social channels for CCL's chapter? That's another great authentic, organic opportunity to help raise awareness. 
You also want to think about maybe creating a CCL blog and asking CCL's communications team to feature your story, um, having it be put on CCL community forums to share with other group leaders or CCL volunteers, having it be featured in your local chapter or your state or regional monthly call, uh, making sure to share on your Facebook page a lot of the highlights and even do a little content drip of a recap, you know, one thought every day. You name it, there's a lot of ways that you can make sure that you're helping tell the story and that it doesn't fade away after your tour. So that is our simple one through seven step. Again, here's a reminder of what that looks like on how to conduct a tour. The great thing is we have an amazing host of examples. Not only do we have the stories of our four different tours that we feature tonight, there is an, a wealth of other blogs and CCL stories out there of prior tours from many years and many learned experiences. So we will make sure on the community training page to put a link to all of the ones that we have that you can learn from and benefit from along with a lot of the planning resources. Copy that and use it for your own local setup as well as an example of how you can do this with a web page if you wanna devote your uh, tour to an actual web page. All of those resources are going to be available, and we are so excited to hear what you are going to do with this information in your local community. So know that we'd love to see it in action, help CCL get back out there, engage with locals that are interested in taking more action on climate change or may not know who or where to plug in, and share your stories and successes with us. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Here is our contact information where you can find out more or share your experience on CCL Communities Forums. We hope that you found tonight's training empowering and we can't wait to hear about your stories from the road, everyone. Take care and have a great night. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.